I've made somebody feel rather excited this morning when I walked into the vestry and tore my sermon up. It's all right, I reprinted it. (laughs) And now you're disappointed. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to be talking about, disappointment. It's a bit strange, but still that's what's come across to me in uh, our reading. We're continuing with looking at older members of the Old Testament... And today it is Sarah, as you may have gathered from our Old Testament reading. But disappointment. How well do you handle it? What do you do when your hopes and dreams get shattered? How do you process a disappointment and come out the other side scathed? These are all attributes that Sarah had through, through her life. So let's look at Sarah Straight away, the first mention of Sarah in the, in the te- Old Testament, she has a disappointment. She's just been introduced to Abraham as his wife, and the disappointment is stated like this. But Sarai was barren. She had no children. Those are easy words for us to read. We can never know fully the pain of someone who is experiencing these such such things in their lives but we can have compassion for them because we have our own pain to deal with but I think it was a very heavy experience for Sarah to bear in those days imagine her wedding day imagine the high hopes that filled her hearts hopes of a home filled with laughter the scenes of little ones running around making a nuisance of them, no, playing games. <laughs> but none of that had happened. But then, in the next chapter, there's a wonderful thing happens. God speaks to Sarah's husband and gives them a promise. A promise that they will become a great nation. That means children for Sarah, offspring. Imagine the joy that flooded through Sarah's heart as Abraham gives her this news. This is what she's been praying for. This would be a massive turning point in her life, how God would heal her barrenness. She would have a child. I want you to feel the ups and downs Sarah experienced. She's had downs, now she has an up. Because... She would be no longer disappointed. According to the dictionary, disappointment is the failure to meet an expectation. Disappointment is the difference between what is and what was hoped for. Sarah now hopes for. Her hope is high. Her disappointment is diminishing. But with this promise, God gives a command. They are to leave the comfort of their hometown and go on a journey into a new land. Going into the unknown usually has two sides to it. On one hand, it can be exciting to do something new. How many people here have moved distances, the excitement, or even just going on holiday to a new destination? On the other hand, it can be a bit scary, doing something new, going somewhere new. Well, they're leaving the security of a home 
And that is usually harder for the woman to bear, according to statistics. But Sarah did what was needed to be done. She stood by her husband and off they went to Cana. We know that they went off there by an act of faith and obedience. This is what God had wanted them to do. And so this is Abram and Sarah doing the will of God as fully as they knew how to do it. And what do they do? They are building altars to the Lord and worshipping God as their priority. These are people who are serving God with all they've got. And in the middle of Genesis 12, they hit a problem. Perhaps it's their first disappointment together after this great promise from God. Instead of a land flowing with milk and honey, there is a severe famine in the land. But that's okay. Abraham and Sarah come up with a solution to that problem. They made their way into Egypt, where there was provisions. However, that led to another problem. Problems, problems. We usually look at this from Abraham's standpoint. But look at it from Sarah's perspective. As they're approaching Egypt, Abraham tells her to lie about being his wife. Now that's an awkward place to be in. On one hand, she is to be, the faith, is to be faithful to her husband but in a stressful situation. There is a famine, and now she has to deal with the advances of the Egyptians as well. Well, the episode concludes with sending a plague on Pharaoh, and he tells Abraham and Sarah to leave because of it. We now move on to Genesis chapter 16. Ten years have passed since Sarah and Abram have left their hometown and God promised Sarah a child. Nothing has come of it. I wonder if we heard God right to begin with. This is not working out. In fact, the older we get, the less likely it will work. Maybe this is what Sarah's thinking when she proposed to Abraham that he take Hagar, her maidservant, and have a child by her. I think I can feel some of the pain in Sarah's voice in Genesis 16:2. So Sarah I said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. She knew the ability of God to give her a child. The painful part was... Why didn't he do it? The Lord has kept me from having children. I thought he said he would, would do for me, do that for me. Well, maybe not. Part of the pain was being childless, but part of the pain was the Lord, who she trusted, had also kept her from having children. So the result of Abraham and Hagar is... Ishmael and then more conflicts follow between Hagar the maidservant and Sarah not a happy relationship but now we approach towards the end of Sarah's long journey 
but we have to consider the difficulties she encountered along the way. Why, sh why should we consider them? Because difficulties in our journeys do not mean the end result is spoilt. I would be surprised if some of us are not having difficulties in our own journeys now. I know I am, but not as bad as some. The people in the Bible had their difficulties, real difficulties. Some were stoned, some were sawn in half, some wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Peter put it this way to the first century Christians. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So don't think you're the only one. Don't think this is not part of God's overall plan either. He will get you to the destination he has got for you, but along the way, there will be disappointments. So anyway, back to Sarah. And another 13 years later, after Ishmael had been born, Sarah is still barren. She has given up her dream of children. In many, many ways, her dreams have now become a nightmare. Nothing is working out. She's living with Abram, Hagar and Ishmael in a foreign land. Then one day, three men come to their tent. And that was the reading that we had from Jackie. And the bit that's important in that is that Sarah is at the back of the tent, by the door, listening to what is going on. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said, in my version of the Bible, it says, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you laughed. Sarah's laugh here is not one of joy. In a way, it's an expression of pain. Oh, sure. Now, after all these years, I'm going to have some joy. It was an incredulous chuckle in her soul. She didn't make any noise, but the Lord knew what was going on in her heart. After all this waiting and all this time. I think the pain of disappointment in Sarah was so deep, she did not even want to entertain the thought anymore. Years ago, she was elated at the prospect of having children. Years and years of hoping and praying had worn this lady down. Part of it was sheer impossibility of it even happening now. How many of you would like to have a baby at Sarah's age? Of 90. Mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't want to be a father at 90, let alone be a mother. What I'm really focusing on, though, is the years of disappointment this mother of faith experienced. The day finally comes when God fulfilled his promise when Isaac was born to Sarah. And she says, God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. This time it was joyous laughter though. This was an altogether different kind of laugh than the one earlier. In fact, this was so central to the event that she named her son Isaac, which means laughter. So Sarah's story, I share this story because our story is probably not very much different. God is faithful. But you think it comes quick and easy, then we need to think again. Now why wouldn't God bring it all about quick and easy? Because he uses our journeys to prepare us for our ultimate destination. He drags us through experiences that will knock off the rough edges and develop his character within us. The journey is more about who we are becoming than it is about where we are going. God is preparing us for the place that he has prepared for us. But disappointments, we still have them. So how can we deal with these disappointments? Firstly, realise you're not the only one. While doing this sermon, I found a bit of research. Research that shows us using Facebook, Facebook actually depresses people. It depresses me. This is what it says. There is a momentary lift when we first scan through our Facebook friends, but later we feel more disappointment because our lives don't seem as fun as their lives. Yet when they look at your posts, your life looks more fun than theirs to them. Why? Because you only show them that side of your life. Most people are putting on a happy face. They have their struggles just like you have yours. That's why they don't stop everything and focus on you. They're pretty busy with their own problems. Of course, there are times when we need to rally around someone, but keep your expectations realistic. More often than not, they do care, but they're pretty busy already. It's true, whenever you look at Facebook, it's really generally, I won't say it's always generally, it's all the good, happy stuff. The last time I posted anything on Facebook, it was, it's my birthday. Smiley face. But how else do we cope? Realise that God is using your journey to mould you and shape you for eternity. What you think is important and what he thinks is important are not always the same. A good father gives his children what is best for them. A good father gives his children what is best for them. We might not think it at the time, but generally it is.
Express your disappointments appropriately. That's a hard one, isn't it? A little quote that I found in a quote book. In 1858, Abraham Lincoln was asked how he felt to lose the Senate race to Stephen Douglas. He answered, I feel like the little boy who stubbed his toe. I'm too big to cry and I'm too badly hurt to laugh. In other words, he kept quiet. Sometimes silence is golden. Again, that's going back to you're not the only one who's experiencing problems. Learn to adjust your perspective. Disappointments can warp our perspectives. They can turn our thinking very negatively, very quickly, if, we, if we're not careful. Sometimes we need friends and family around us to help us out, just like Sarah did. But we'll have to know how to manage our emotions and think objectively, even when everything around us seems to be spinning out of control. No matter what it looks like, God is still on his throne. He is still directing our steps. He is still working out his plan for our lives. When the problems get overwhelming, it is time to stop and count our blessings. Broaden our focus. Yes, there are problems. There may be many problems, but there are many things that are right that could be wrong. And still, you have your family and friends to support you. Stay faithful, even when life is not going the way you hoped it would. Sarah got discouraged and she made mistakes, but she kept on with the Lord anyway. Even in the difficult times, she stayed with her family and by Abraham's side. By faith, Sarah eventually bore a child when she was past the age because, in the end, she knew God to be faithful. Do not allow disappointments to get you down. Keep hope and trust in Jesus to your life's ends. A little story to help as well for today. A famous pianist was scheduled to perform a great con- in a great concert hall. It was a high society extravaganza. Present in the audience that evening was a mother and her fidgety, fidgety nine-year-old son. She brought him in the hope that when he heard the famous pianist play, he would be encouraged to practice. As the mother turned to talk to some friends, He slipped away and was strangely drawn to the grand Steinway piano on the platform. Staring wide eyes at the keys, the boy sat on the stool, placed his small fingers on the keys and began to play chopsticks. The roar of the crowd came to a hush as frowning faces pointed in his direction and someone began to shout, Get that boy away from there. And typically, where is his mother? 
not where is his father, but where is his mother. Backstage, the famous pianist overheard the sounds out front and he quickly realised what was happening and hurried away to the stage. Without one word of announcement, he stooped over behind the boy, reached around on both sides and began to improvise a counter-melody to harmonise with and enhance chopsticks. As they played together, the pianist kept whispering in the boy's ear, keep going, don't quit, keep playing, don't stop, don't quit. It is the same for us as we work for God. Our playing of chopsticks may not be impressing anyone, but about the time we're ready to give up, we can hear the master say, keep going, don't stop, don't give up. This is what God was saying to Sarah throughout her life. Keep going, don't stop, don't give up. She remained committed to her God and to her family and she kept on going. And this is what the God is saying to us. Don't give up. It doesn't matter what others think about what you're doing. Do it with all your heart for me and I will help you. So disappointments can turn into victories when the master steps in and begins to play the counter melody with us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Sarah, for the example that she is to all of us, to keep going, to keep faithful to you, and to keep faithful with her family. We thank you for the family support that she had. And Lord, we thank you for our families, wherever they may be this day. Amen.